Championship Sunday is here. 49ers, Rams, Chiefs, Bengals, who will represent the NFC and AFC in Super Bowl 56. Preview, picks, and our favorite over-under props for these championship games. Coming at you right now. You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show. It's championship weekend. Let's break down those games. We've got the Cincinnati Bengals at the Kansas City Chiefs in the early game Sunday, then the 49ers at Los Angeles Rams in the late game to decide who will be playing in Super Bowl 56. Thanks for making us your first listen every day right here on Peacock and Williamson. Brian Peacock and Matt Williamson with you at BD Peacock at Williamson NFL on Twitter. Let's start early. Let's go AFC Bengals at Chiefs. The Kansas City Chiefs favored by a whopping seven points. It's a big line for a championship game, I think. Yeah, it is. And it makes sense. I mean, I, I don't think the sentiment is the Bengals are lucky to be here, but I do think they've outkicked their coverage a little bit. They're ahead of schedule. You know, they're a young team. They haven't had a lot of success over the last years. You know what I mean? The the organizations are much different. I think they're, most people, myself included, kind of feel like the Super Bowl was played in Kansas City last week or at least the AFC Championship game. Um, and then by no means am I – you know, disparaging the Bengals. I, I think they've done a tremendous job and they're going to be a quality, quality team for a long time now. I think this is going to be a long day for them, though. I, I don't think seven is enough. I like the over in a big way. I think the Chiefs get to 40 points. And I think Kansas City or Cincinnati, particularly Burrow, when it's all said and done, has good numbers, but just can't keep up in a game like this. I'm going to throw some prop bets your way, too, and, and see how you feel about some of these uh, betting lines on these games. And it's, it's super fun when you get to this point in the season and fewer games, so more attention paid to them, and there's more props and fun things. And uh, the same thing will be said about Super Bowl 56 when we find out who these teams are that will be advancing. Oh, what is the what did the Kansas City Chiefs do on defense, Matt? Because that's the key of this game to me is you yeah. got to slow down Joe Burrow and the Bengals passing game because if the Bengals can't throw for points, if they don't get big plays out of Higgins and especially Jamar Chase on the outside, it's going to be a long day for the Bengals. I know they can run the ball a little bit. Joe Mixon's a good player, but let's face it. It's all about the big plays, and it's all about uh, just the dyna- dynamic, dynamic ability of Jamar Chase. And saw some stats earlier this week. Joe Burrow uh, against single high coverage and against two high. And it's interesting because the matchup doesn't really look great in that aspect for the the Chiefs. The, the Chiefs are not good when they go with two deep zone coverages. But that's the best way to go up against Joe Burrow. It's what the 49ers did earlier this year. And I watched that one very closely. And they said, okay, well, we're going to have two safeties over the top. And we're going to rally to the ball, make sure we keep Jamar Chase and everybody in front of us, and then go tackle um, I don't know if that's the best strategy for the Kansas City Chiefs defense. So if they go single high, which they're better at playing, that's what Joe Burrow torches. So against single high coverages, yeah. Joe Burrow is second in the league on a per play basis. And the Bengals offense is only, and, and Joe Burrow and the Bengals offense is only 21st in the league against two high coverages, but that's not 
the Chiefs' strength. So basically what I'm saying here is take the over. Yeah, me too. I, I, that's my favorite bet of the weekend. and it's, I already put a, a good bound on there. Uh, take it a step further. Okay, let's talk about, I guess, when Cincy has the ball. I'm curious what Coach Taylor does in terms of strategy. Is it going to be, Joe, you're the man, and this is what they've done lately, albeit you're going to get hit an awful lot. Remember mm-hmm. nine sacks last week, and it probably could be similar this week. I'm sure Spagnolo will come after him and think, can we get to 10? You know, let's see if we can – how many times can we knock this guy down? And, you know, Burrow will keep getting up and toughing it out. Or will Taylor think, let's keep Mahomes on the sideline, play small ball, run it like crazy. Um, you know, this will be a mix-in game. I think that would be a mistake just because dance with who brung you. You know, do work do what's, what's working yeah. well. And you mentioned Chase. This is just my little theory on it. The Chiefs – Chase went bonkers against the Chiefs a few weeks ago when they played. However, I do think that some of these really dynamic players, I always mention it with Lamar Jackson, if you've never played against them, you might not respect them as much as you do when you're actually on the field with them. You know, like, I think this is a big Higgins, Uzama, Boyd type of game. I mean, I think the Chiefs will find the error in their ways and go, that Chase dude is special. We can't let him rip us apart. We're going to roll coverages his way. And, and I think the other guys will really benefit. So those are some of the props I might be looking at is maybe over on Uzama numbers and things like that. Mm. Higgins. Okay. Yeah. The, the, the players that are going to have less, less attention, attention. paid to them. Yeah. yeah. And it might be singled up quite a lot or just zoned up a little bit. And you can find those, um, those, those soft spots in the zones. Um, Cause I don't know if they'll be able to protect long enough to go deep all the time too. It's interesting because yeah, Burrow was sacked four times the last, and it's both of these games. It's funny because they're rematches from just a few weeks ago. Week seventeen, Chiefs and Bengals, and then week eighteen was Forty ers Rams, which is already you know the second time the the Forty ers and Rams have played. Mm-hmm. So we have some very recent data to go by with these games, and the Bengals beat the Chiefs right. That wasn't very long ago, and so right, for the right. for the Chiefs, and that that one was in Cincinnati. Bengals won thirty four thirty one. For those that don't remember, so the Bengals won by three. To go all the way the other way with the Chiefs at home here to be favored by seven, it just feels like it's it's too much because the 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 Bengals can score on you, and they did against the Chiefs, and I think they will this time. But again, you mentioned it. Uh, how 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 do they protect Joe Burrow? He was sacked four times for 31 yards in the first meeting, but he ended up throwing for 400 yards and four touchdowns anyway. And Jamar Chase went crazy, 266 yeah, yeah. yards, uh, 11 catches, three touchdowns. That was the game where he really solidified, okay, he's going to be the offensive rookie of the year this year because he's just doing stupid things. So even <laughs> if he does less of that, I mean, this game has to be closer to seven, even if it's a, another back-and-forth game. It could be that uh, one of those really fun shootout games like we saw with the with the Chiefs and the Bills as well. So I'm really excited for this one because I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I think there's going to be fireworks all over the place. But I, I, the other side of the ball. One, one, one second here. When it, when it, yeah, when yeah. it pertains to p- protecting Joe Burrow, I heard something interesting listening to the crossover podcast this week on the network from uh, all the great folks over at Locked On Chiefs and Locked On Bengals. And they were both worried about protecting their quarterbacks, but they were both worried about, about blitzing the opposing quarterbacks. So essentially what they both ended up saying on this podcast, which was interesting, is 
they want to be able to pressure the opposing quarterback with four and not have to blitz because that's where you have less people in coverage and you can get torched for big plays. So can the Chiefs pressure Burrow without blitzing and still cover on the back end? And, and that'll be fun to watch. I think they absolutely can. <laughs> and I have not, not the slightest bit of doubt that they can. Spagnuolo is very aggressive and he will blitz. He does every game. At all, he also knows his quarterback's going to score 30 points no matter what. So, hey, if I get beat on a blitz, my patty will, 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 will uh, you know, pull me out of that, that, mm-hmm. that trouble. Um, but I don't think they have to. Chris Jones, Clark, Ingram, John Reed, all those guys. I mean, I, I think that the Bengals' O-line is really, really bad right now and worse than it was even in the midseason. And, you know, we just saw the Titans sack them nine times and not blitz very much. So, I have no reservations that they will hit Burrow a lot with the four-man pressures. And that allows Spagnolo too, to get creative on the back end with, you know, design coverages, you know, designer stuff for this game that Burrow might not have seen before. The other side, you want to go to the other side? Um, hold on. Let me throw one. Let okay. me throw a couple of props at you. Then we'll flip to the other right. side of the ball before we get to the other game on the NFC championship side. Um, how about this one? Jamar Chase. Over under 85 and a half receiving yards. Remember, he had 266 last time these two teams played, but 85 right. and a half is a pretty big over under. Yeah, I mean, that's the kind of numbers you see, like for Cooper Cup, Devontae Adams on a weekly basis. Mm-hmm. You know, like these the guys that do it every week that are established in this league. I would stay away from it just because he's so dangerous. And my hunch is it sounds like I'm talking bad about the Bengals. I don't mean to be because I probably would take the over on Burrow yardage. I fear some of that will be second half throwing every down because they're down on the scoreboard because I don't think the Cincy D's in a good spot here. So I probably would stay away from this one because I think Chase will become the the, the focal point as we mentioned. But if it turns into a fourth quarter prevents the wrong word but you know just don't give up the big plays then they probably won't roll things to chase as much and the thing with him is he could break one tackle and get you the over in a player in one play <laughs> right you know? yeah right here's here's the other I wish, was, I wish it was i wish it was total yards instead of receiving yards because i think if there is a lot of attention paid to jamar chase and i think part of the game plan will be to get the ball in his hands however they can which might be handing the ball off to him you're going to go Debo here, aren't you? Yes, yes, and and yep, I think more and yep, more teams yep. are going to do that, and we've seen them start to do that with Jamar Chase recently. So the receiving yards, I think I might lean to the over, but I'm kind of with you. That would maybe be one I'd stay away with, uh, mm-hmm. stay away from. But I think he will get it. But total yards, I think he's going to be handed the ball. He's going to be a huge part of this game plan. Um, and like you said, it only takes one, and he, and he can break yeah, right. it. So. Yeah, and look, 266 yards last time these guys played. So, and it's not like the Chiefs were covering anybody last week either. No, true. That's a great point. Yeah. I mean, I think there'll be a lot of points this game. Again, the over is my favorite bet of the game for sure. I wonder, I mean, even just even condense it more with Chase. I bet his rush, I mean, I'm not looking at it in, I mean, his rushing total is probably like eight or nine or something like that. I mean, I, I can't see it being a very big number. I do not I mean, have that up here, around. but right, yeah, I might take, I might it's find what his, right. uh, what his total yardage is if they have one, or what his rushing yardage might be if they have one, and take the over on mm-hmm. that. Right. No, I hear you. Okay, let's flip. Let's flip it over to the other side of the ball. Talk a little bit about when Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs offense has it against the Bengals defense, and then NFC Championship game preview picks. 
and props next. Hey everyone, this is Matt Williamson with an incredible app everyone who buys gas needs to know about. Get Upside. Our listeners are earning cash back for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just don't just download the free Get Upside app in the App Store or Google Play right now. Use our promo code TOUCHDOWN for 25 cents per gallon or even more on your first fill up cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using Get Upside. Just download the app for free and use our promo code TOUCHDOWN for 25 cents per gallon or more on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two to $300 a year in cash back, and there's no catch. I mean, the, the, the cash back gets added right to your account. It's great. Uh, you can cash out anytime to your, back, to your bank account, to PayPal, or an e-gift card for Amazon or other brands. Uh, just download the free Get Upside app and use our promo code TOUCHDOWN to get $0.25 cents per gallon or more cash back on your first tank. That's code TOUCHDOWN. Thanks so much. Fewer and fewer NFL lines as there's only two games now on the docket this weekend. Who do you like, 49ers or Rams? Bengals or Chiefs, you can find those lines at betonline.ag, but the props are still unlimited. Tons of fun to be had throughout the playoffs and, of course, during the Super Bowl. That even grows even more. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the best sports wagering for the 2022 year. New year, new updated desktop and mobile website. Sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use promo code Locked On to get started. Not just football. You've got basketball, college and pro, hockey, boxing, UFC, your favorite Vegas casino games, poker, blackjack. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers in 2022. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all of your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. The more I think about it, the more I look at some of these props, just give me all the overs. Patrick Mahomes, over two and a half passing touchdowns. Yes, I'll take it. Yeah, right? I, I think the, the Bengals are in a tough spot here. Yeah. I mean, I, I have, let's start with the pass rush. I mean, because that's what we were talking before. First off, blitzing Mahomes is death. I mean, Stafford and Mahomes mm-hmm. are two of the are two guys this weekend that just are about the best in the league versus blitz, and they kill it. Uh, your Niners, I don't think, have to blitz. We'll get to that where I think the Bengals might have to a little because the Chiefs have a pretty darn good O-line. And the key with Mahomes, and this is sort of a Josh Allen, Mahomes type thing, pressure's great, but can you get him on the ground? <laughs> you know, I mean, he's been scrambling more in the playoffs. His numbers as a runner in the playoffs always spike every year because he's smart and he realizes this is the game's on the line. And if you look at the Bengals' pass rushers, it's a good line. But it's not a very athletic one. They're they're big physical brawlers, you know. So let's say they whip Orlando Brown and then they got to get Mahomes. Well, they're at a disadvantage, you know. I mean, even Hendrickson. I mean, those they, they have a lot of beef up front, and that doesn't bode well for getting him on the ground, you know. So that's what really worries me with them. And to take it a step further, I think where Cincinnati's at a massive disadvantage when Kansas city has the ball is team speed. They're just not a very fast defense. They're physical. They're fundamentally sound. They don't have a lot of star power or a lot of holes, but their corners aren't burners. And if it takes an extra half second or two seconds to get Mahomes on the ground, I think Pringle Hardman Hill will just outrun people at times. 
And the last time they met, Mahomes just, without mercy, just picked on the Bengals linebackers, who are very average. And he's gotten much more patient that way. I think the Chiefs are going to move the ball at will. It was much more methodical that that 31-34 loss by the Chiefs. They scored 28 of their points in the first half and only had three points in the second half. It was a comeback win for the Bengals. And uh, Patrick Mahomes was just super efficient. Two touchdown passes, 259 yards. Uh, Even though Burrow threw for 450 yards almost, uh, Mahomes had a better QBR by a lot than than Burrow in that game. Completed 26 of 35 passes. Uh, They just weren't able to to play keep away in the second half enough from the Bengals, even though they were trying to run the football. Um, And so maybe that's the key. Maybe, Maybe... the run game is, is what the Kansas City Chiefs need here. Throw for points and play a little keep away. Can they do that? Can they run the ball on that defense so it's not just all, okay, we need big plays all game long and continue, continue to give the ball back to the Bengals offense who can also make big plays and continue to score. So um, I think complementary football is something that the Kansas City Chiefs are going to have to do in this game, play defense, run the ball a little bit. And it, you know, it hasn't really necessarily been their calling card, although at times their defense has stepped up, although I've gotten more and more worried about it. And can, can the Bengals make a big play on defense jesse bates i'm looking at jesse bates if jesse bates picks a ball off right i feel like that is what the Bengals need they need that one big play to turn things for their defense because i'm with you tyree kill last week that long touchdown he had micah hyde who's a good player for the buffalo bills he looked like he was standing still the way that yeah, Tyreek yeah. Hill ran by him and, and multiple other Bills defenders. But I was watching Hyde especially. He's like, does that guy run a, a 5.2 40-yard dash? Because this guy <laughs> right. shouldn't be running guy. past an NFL defensive back that easily. It was crazy. I think that's the best Tyreek's looked in a long time, which is frightening. Because I think he was really dealing with stuff and COVID. There was a stretch there where he was not the same. I agree with you. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah. And then obviously, you know, it's just money in the bank for Kelsey and and um, and Patrick Mahomes. Pringles really stepped up. Yep. You know, I like I like how Pringles playing. They they've kind of found that third guy now, which is scary to me. I think Mahomes is playing the best of his career or, or best of his year at least. Mm-hmm. Um, you mix in I, Edward Solaire, who I liked as a runner. You know, and McKinnon is more the receiver, and you know, a little a dash of me Cole Hardman for a big play here and there. It's just a lot of speed. I mean, as yep. we know, and I, I think the Bengals D really is at a disadvantage the second they get in a chase position, whether it's a short crosser or an extended play in a deep post or whatever. Uh, I, I'm predicting KC to get to 40. Whoo, okay. Yeah. It's a big one. It's a big number. Yeah. Uh, let's see if there's any other fun. I think we, yeah, I think, yeah, over. Just take all the overs. Yeah, I really think there's a ton of points. <laughs> yeah, this that, that's way good. All right. Uh, and so I've got Chiefs winning the game, but I'm taking the seven points because I think it's going to be close. I think it's going to be a shootout, and I think the Bengals can keep it within seven, but I do think the Chiefs are going to advance. Over is my favorite bet, as I mentioned. I will lay the seven, although I'm a little worried about a, a Bengals backdoor cover. You know, Burrow is yes. not going to quit. I mean, even if there's four seconds on the clock and they're down 10 and can't win, He's going to throw one in the end zone. You know what I mean? Right. Or they kick a field goal, then try an onside kick right. because they're still right, you right. Know, still behind or whatever and don't get it. Um, in some places, it's, some places it's seven and a half, which I feel even better about. I feel a lot better if you can get seven and a half because that's out there as well. Hmm. I still probably would take KC, but hmm. I just – if I'm correct that they're going to score 40 points, yeah, you know what I mean? Right. No, that makes sense. Um Let's go to the NFC side of things. Here's what's interesting. Okay. 
The Kansas City I have a Chiefs. Question or two for you on this. Obviously. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hit me with them. Um, the Kansas City Chiefs are own one on the season against other teams in championship of, of the Final Four. They lost to the Bengals. The Bengals are one and one. They've beat the Chiefs. They lost to the 49ers. The 49ers are three and zero against all the other teams that oh, are wow. in the championship games this weekend. And the Rams are zero and two. They've lost two times to the 49ers. So, if we're looking at head to head stuff. I mean, let's let's crown those San Francisco 49ers, right? But uh, no, yeah. I, I don't think it's going to be... Why even play the game? <laughs> I don't think it's going to be that easy. I will <laughs> say, though, I've heard this a lot this week, and it drives me crazy because it's not how uh, odds and statistics work. Everyone talks about how hard it is to beat a team three times in one season, and I would agree That's with if they still had to win three games. They only have to win one game. The other two have already happened. And when you look yeah. at the stats, uh, teams that have swept a division opponent in the regular season are 12 and 5 against those teams in the playoffs when they meet for the third time. So history sides with the 49ers and even away teams in the playoffs are 2 and 2 against teams that they met and beat twice in the regular season. But with this 49ers Rams game, the biggest key to all of it to me is that I know it's in Los Angeles, but it is not a, ho- a road game for the 49ers. I was say, yeah. It is a home game for the 49ers. We saw about 60% 49ers fans at SoFi Stadium in Week 18, and according to all the, the secondary ticket sites out there, uh, there might be even more, closer to 65 to 70% 49ers fans traveling and just that already live in L.A. Uh, that are going to be at SoFi Stadium. So don't get it twisted. This is a home game for the 49ers. You, you covered a couple of my questions. That was first and foremost was, you know, what percentage of – um, you know, gold and red, do you think are going to be in the stands? And I thought over 50, but I, you laid that out great, uh, 100%. Um, what we, or something there. Oh, the three in a row thing. I always thought that was dumb, too. I mean, this isn't hockey or NBA when you're down 4 1 and, or 3 you know, 3 1 in a, a best of seven series where you have to win three in a row. It's right. an isolated 60 minutes of football. It's one know? game. I mean, that was the 49ers a- have to win one game right now. The other two have already happened. <laughs> right. Yeah. They're in the books. Um, so here's my, my big encompassing question okay. for you. I have some theories, but I bet you think, I bet you have some other views on it. Why does Shani own McVeigh? Six in a row for those who don't realize. Oh, that, 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 that's a hard one. And there was a really good article is, written is. by um, Benjamin Solak, who used to work with us here on the network now with The Ringer. Um, and, and I'm still finishing this article. I started this morning, and it's really cool because it talks about. Uh, and, and I think the genius of both Shanahan and McVay is in 2017, when they were both hired in the same offseason, five years ago, they had their systems. You know, they're part of, you know, the Shanahan West Coast offense sort of tree. Yeah, right, but right, right. Very familiar. But they've evolved. And the way that teams play against the outside zone run that has taken over the league and that are, are, they're so good at it, teams have had to overplay that. So they've had to come up with other ways. And, and so it talked about the evolution of Shanahan and McVeigh from where they were at starting at the same you know branch of the tree, but how different they've become because they've both evolved but in different ways as play callers. And I think that's what's interesting. And uh, basically the, the money quote from Benjamin Solak in this article, which I totally agree with, he says, uh, the NFC Championship game won't be decided by their similarities, but their differences. So it's the different ways that they've mm-hmm. gone about things over the course of the last five years and obviously having different rosters rather than two guys that are so familiar with each other that they know exactly what's coming. So I thought that was a pretty interesting angle, and and, and I agree with that. Um, so that being said, I have no idea why Shanahan owns McVay. It, it's crazy that he's won six in a row against them, two in a row this year, going for three in a row. Um 
in a lot of ways, it's not Shanahan versus McVay because it's the 49ers defense against McVay that has right, really been impressive. Right. So I'd point to Robert Sala and I'd point to D'Amico Ryans as a big part of that reason. I'm sure a lot of that information is informed by Kyle Shanahan, but just good coaches, smart coaches uh, playing that chess match. Um, and what's been probably most shocking about it all is not so much that they beat Jared Goff so many times, but that they've looked so good against Matthew Stafford now twice in a row. Absolutely. So here are my takes, and some of them are kind of tinfoil hat-ish. You know, I mean, uh, these guys are very familiar with one another. They've been on staffs together. But Shanahan was always a rung higher than McVay when they were on the same team. Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, is there an inherent big brother thing there? You know, that I was your boss to some degree. You reported to me back in Washington. I taught you everything you know, but I didn't teach you everything I know. Right, yeah. and my daddy taught me a little more than he taught you. You yeah. know, <laughs> there has to be a, a a daddy Shanahan reference here too, because it's really his tree more than anybody. And it makes me crazy that he's not in Hall of Fame. Side side note: well, one, Before um, I forget, Matt, sorry to interrupt you. Before I forget, yeah. I do want to say one thing about both Shanahan and McVeigh that has been the most impressive. And there's been times where I've been critical of of Kyle Shanahan's you know scouting abilities when it comes to drafting players and in some head scratching sure. sort of uh, you know draft crushes that he's had that the 49ers have drafted way too high and have turned out not to be good. One thing Kyle Shanahan is amazing at is. Uh, hiring and identifying really good assistant coaches mm. and coaching up the coaches and Sean McVay the same way. Like both, Sean McVay's not even forty and he's got his own coaching tree already around the league and multiple right, head right, coaches. Right. It's crazy. It's crazy what Shanahan and McVay have one been of them playing the AFC Championship game. Right, exactly. So identifying yeah. good coaches and then helping those coaches get better and better. Uh, and we've seen it both offensively and defensively on those staffs. So I, I, I just wanted to put that out there. That's great. Yeah, that's a great point and. Uh, Daddy Shanahan was great at it too. Yep. I mean, there's a, he's got an awesome tree as well. Well, here's one of the differences to me that, I, or one of my other theories of why Niners have been beaten up on the Rams is overall physicality. I think the Rams under McVay are much more finesse than the Niners under Shanny. And while they come from the same offense, the Rams always lead the league in eleven personnel: three wide, on turf, speed. You know, Woods, Cup, you know, you know, and just keep naming them. They just drafted Atwell and picked up Beckham. Those guys aren't physical players. They're speed guys, and they always are in 11 personnel. Mm-hmm. Where your Niners, as you know, lead the league in two-back and have a lot of heavier guys and tight ends that can block, and the receivers are more physical. I mean, I think I'm not going on a limb here that the Niners over this tenure are a much more physical football team than the Rams, but McVay's no dummy. And over the last month, six weeks, they've brought in extra offensive linemen. They've used blocking tight ends. I've never heard of guys like Cooper cup are kind of doing their use check impression. So I think he realizes you know, we've been a little set in our ways, you know, and I mentioned Taylor. Taylor was like that the first couple of years of the Bengals, just lived in 11 personnel with three wide. And <laughs> yeah. It gets a little easy to play against, and you're not very physical. Absolutely. that That is massive. That's one of the huge keys that I've talked about recently this week, and the 49ers physically, thoroughly bullied and dominated the Rams in their first meeting on Monday Night Football to an embarrassing extent, to the to the extent mm-hmm. that I think it actually even helped the Rams the rest of the way, realizing they need to be more physical, and they did, and especially in the running yeah, game right. with uh, Michelle and, and Cam Akers. And so I think the, uh, the, the Rams have helped themselves in that regard. 
and it helped them, I think, the second time they played the 49ers. But one thing I will say about the 49ers' physicality versus the Rams' physicality, the, the, the Rams have tried to match the 49ers there, but and I'm not going to say that they're you know posers or, or whatever, but there's something to the 49ers where to a man, all 11 guys on offense, all 11 guys on defense live that life. Do you know what I mean? Like they are all about it and they are physical and they are built that way from the neck up as well as, you know, uh, from the neck down. They they live that life. That's who they are. That's how they play for the Rams. There are definitely some physical players on that team and they probably talk a lot of the talk and they probably hype themselves up. But when you see these two teams play on the field, there's very different levels of physicality throughout the game with all 11 players all buying in and living that life. And you see it in the 49ers run game late and you especially see it in places like the wide receivers blocking the Rams defensive backs and the fast guys that maybe don't want to be uh, that physical every single play all game long and that's where the 49ers do still have that physicality advantage but that's that's well pointed out by you that's a huge factor for the 49ers in every single game and I think it's one of the big ones uh, time and time again against the Rams yeah and that's a hard thing to put your finger on you're 100% right but I think that probably starts with the area scouts and it probably starts then goes to which players are we going to choose you know they might value toughness, physicality more on draft day than the Rams who might say, ah, this guy ran a tenth faster. I want him instead of the tough guy. <laughs> and yeah. I'm sure it reflects with how they prepare, how they practice. I mean, even it seems like a dumb thing, but you come out with that boom box and everybody's energetic and tough and smacking each other in the head. I mean, they have a, a, a different mentality there than most teams. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And yeah, it's it's organizational philosophy from the top down for the type of players, the way that they're wired for the types of players that they draft. And um, and Mm -hmm. so you got to point to John Lynch really is where where it all begins. And that was the manifesto from the day those guys were hired. And that's the way they wanted to do things. And we see it. And that's the way they do things on the field. Okay, we got to get deeper into this game. Some more props here and make our picks for the NFC championship. Who's going to be playing in Super Bowl 56? Here's an idea for the new year and really your new year's resolutions at this point if you're sticking to them this is just a new way of life right for you eating healthier make sure built bar is part of that plan but how about this go to all your secret treat stashes at home in the pantry at the office in the car wherever it is throw out all the sugary calorie filled treats and replace them with built bars so when you're craving a snack or a treat you can reach for something that's healthy and tastes incredible. Most built bars contain only 130 calories, only four grams of sugar, only four grams of net carbs, and a whopping 17 grams of protein. Helps you keep satisfied too, and you feel great about it. Built bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. You get into week three, four, you're into February with your New Year's resolutions, and you're thinking, man, this is just not worth it. Where's the chocolate? Well, guess what? Built Bars are covered in 100% real and delicious chocolate. So there are no excuses. Grab yourself a box of Built Bars, tons of great flavors, new flavors coming through all the time at Built.com, and you can even get a mixed box of Built Bars if you're not sure what flavor you want. So go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your order. That is promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Okay, Matt, when it comes time to pick this game, we can talk a little bit more about matchups here, but we talked a little bit about this off the air. With the 49ers, when it comes to Jimmy Garoppolo, let, let me ask you this question. So if you were drafting units, 
right? Or, or players like the 40, Jimmy Garoppolo would be the, the, the fourth out of four of these quarterbacks selected that are left in the championship games, correct? Sure. Yeah, sure. right. But all he does is win. All the 49ers do is win. I would draft the 49ers defense and I would draft the 49ers run game first out of the four teams left. So give me a quarterback that can win and give me the best defense and the best running ga- running game left in January in the playoffs, and I feel pretty good about it. And when it comes to the 49ers, sometimes it's hard to put a finger on them. How do they keep winning? How do they keep be- beating the Rams who have all this firepower and all this star power on their roster? And at some point, you just have to sit back and believe in the magic. Believe in Jimmy G, who we've been calling Jimmy W on the Locked On 49ers podcast. There's been so much argument about Jimmy Garoppolo. Is he good? Is he not? How does he keep winning? QB wins is not a stat. At some point, you just have to relent and say, the 49ers have a gritty, leadery sauce that is spread across the team, and just trust the magic and trust that Debo is going to find a way to score somehow, and the 49ers are going to win the game. That's the best way I can explain the 49ers this year, because I've covered them every single day, and I still don't really know. Yeah, I, I... I don't have a strong feeling on this one over under win total. I do feel stronger and stronger that if you're going to give me three and a half, I'll take that half all day long because yep. I think this is going to be a close game. I, I do not see a blowout possibility here. And I think that it'll be down the wire tough again, very familiar foes, you know, trusting the magic is wonderful, but I mean, there's evidence too. you win six in a row against an opponent that studies you all off season and realizes it's a problem and knows you so well, that's a theme. I don't know who I want to pick to win, though. I I mean, I do think the Niners are a really bad matchup for the Rams. Back to something we talked about earlier, I think they'll rush Stafford with four and get there. That pass rush has been really good, and it's like two hockey lines that come out you just time and time again, and I don't love the Rams' protection. Um, I I do worry – that this game game comes down to that most people on Monday will be talking about that interception Jimmy threw. Oh, I can't believe he did that. Or that interception Stafford threw. Mm -hmm. Oh, I can't believe he did that. You know, I hope that's not what it comes down to, but it might. I I mean, I would put my mortgage that if you just add up the interceptions, which team threw more interceptions, that team lost. You know, so it kind of comes down to Jimmy Garoppolo versus – Matthew Stafford, not so much as who's going to sling it all over the yard, who's going to throw a bunch of yardage and touchdowns, who doesn't throw the interception, the backbreaking mm-hmm. interception, and that's going to be key. And, and I think the 49ers have the rest of the game won if Jimmy Garoppolo can be efficient and not throw the ball to the Rams. And so that's right. my number one key for this game. And it's been that way for a long time for the 49ers, talking about uh, Jimmy Garoppolo and that 49ers football team. Um so, I'll take the Niners to win. I, this is why it's easy for me to take the Niners because let's say, you know, Las Vegas, when they put this line out there, and I think it's already moved toward the 49ers a little bit. I think it was four or four and a half um, right when the, the Rams won the game last week. If, if that means, you know, let's say if it's a three point line, right? Is, are you saying that it should be a pick them in a neutral site? And then since it's a home game that the Rams are getting three, well, you should be giving the 49ers three then, if that's the, <laughs> right, you know, because point, it's going to yeah. be, it helps the 49ers. Is it really a six point game? No. Right. <laughs> yeah. The crowd right, helps right. the 49ers and, and they're not traveling far either. So it's not like jet lag or anything like that. So 
um, basically that's a six point swing that I don't think that they're able they're even able really to factor in enough. So that's why versus the spread, it's super easy for me to take the 49ers in this game. And I do think they can go out there and win this one because you know they've proven they they can beat the Rams time and time again, and they can play defense against the Rams. They can get after Matthew Stafford. They can make him one dimensional and um, and confuse him and, and and take the ball away. So that's the way I see this one going. Give me the 49ers. Give me Niners and Chiefs rematch super bowl 54 now super bowl 56 yeah me too um my last nugget i guess is donald ramsey factor uh, that i think the niners do a really good job of not allowing the rams to dictate who ramsey covers you know like debo's hard to follow if you decide to do that you know i mean you're not going to line ramsey up at middle linebacker when debo's in the backfield and you know i mean so I think they do a really good job with that of maybe taking the dictating who Ramsey covers as opposed to allowing the Rams to do that. And you've mentioned this. They always do a good job on Aaron Donald. Like, I, I don't know that they have the secret sauce against him. I mean, he might wreck this game, but they seem to do a better job against him than most teams. It's strange. Team. I don't get it, but. Yeah, Daniel Brunskill, who's an undrafted free agent, he's played some tackle. He's been starting at guard for a while for the 49ers, and he held off the second-round pick Aaron Banks to to hold on to that starting right guard job. He's awesome against Aaron Donald every time. I have no yeah. idea why. Um, I'm a little bit scared about Von Miller, who looked like he caught a little bit yeah. of his yeah. mojo back versus what we saw from him earlier on in the season after the trade oh, because back. of some yeah. injuries. So that worries me a little bit. Trent Williams, by the way, hasn't been practicing yet this week. He's got an ankle injury. Not sure if he's going to be able to go. So I, I'm almost more worried about uh, about the edge mm-hmm. with Floyd's Von Miller against too. those backup tackles than I would be about Aaron Donald just because of how well the 49ers have blocked up Aaron Donald and really run away from him and, and do a lot of things to to negate the star power on the defensive side of the ball for the Rams. So, uh, yeah. And by the way, can I? how about a prop here? Debo Samuel receiving yards is set at only 45 yards here. Wow. 45 yards over and under, and you can buy your way up to 55, 65, something like that, and, and get the odds in your favor at betonline.ag. Debo Samuel has been huge in both of these games. He's played his best games against the Rams. He scored two touchdowns, one receiving, one rushing in the, the Week 8 matchup against the Rams. That was the game where he first started to run the ball, and he's been as much of a running back as a receiver since then. He, in the second meeting, he rushed for a touchdown and threw for a touchdown. So he's accounted for two touchdowns in each of the past two meetings, and he has been awesome. He had some disrespect from Aaron Donald, who the first time they played, they were asked about why uh, it's so hard to defend Debo Samuel, and he said, who? And <laughs> so there's a little bit extra there, I think, for, for the 49ers and Debo Samuel in this one. And so I expect a big de- game from Debo Samuel, and if they're able to limit Debo some way, it's so hard to... Uh, I think Jalen Ramsey just has to play sort of a nickel and kind of play in the middle of the field a little bit and, and mostly play over George Kittle because it's just too hard to mirror where Debo Samuel is because, you know, it's like, is it 11 personnel? Is it 21 personnel? I don't know because their wide receiver is also a running back and we could also hand the ball to just about anybody or throw the ball to just about anybody. So it becomes very positionless on the 49ers offense. So I think it's easier to just say, okay, we'll cover the middle of the field and that's where the Niners live. So let's just put our best player there. So I think in, in a lot of ways, the 49ers are able to negate um, Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald to a degree. But I'm looking for a big game from Debo Samuel here. It was 45 yards 
Um, we don't have props for rushing yards for Debo Samuel, only receiving yards, but I'd probably go I'm over sure for whatever up. the rushing yeah. yards are as well. And for Elijah Mitchell, it's uh, 72 yards rushing, which I think the 49ers are going to mm. give him the ball quite a bit as well. Cam yeah. Akers, 60 yards is, uh, is the, the rushing props. And I don't know if these are the props that matter. I think for the 49ers more so than the Rams how much they run the ball really matters. And I guess it does for the Rams, too, because the 49ers want to do what they do to most teams when they win football games is make them one-dimensional. Yeah, oh, 100%. Um, I, I probably I might go under on the Mitchell number, though. I mean, but the thing with he's kind of like that chase conversation we had that he's fast. I mean, if he gets – if he breaks a long one, you're doomed, you know? Right. But I would put the over just because I think they're going to give it to him 25 times. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, I expect to be a close game and that they won't be able – they won't deviate from that, you know, philosophy. What's, what's funny is when they were down 17 points to the Rams, they didn't really throw to come back either. They did throw the ball, but they ran the ball in a lot of ways to come back, it, which was kind of odd the way that game happened for the 49ers and, and that comeback because they didn't panic and they didn't just sit there and start slinging the ball all over the place. It didn't look like Josh Allen versus uh, Patrick Mahomes at the end of the game. They still stuck to the game plan and started gouging him in the run game and just slowly worked their back, way back into the game, and the defense kept giving the ball back to the offense. So um, I, I would take the overs on everything rushing for the 49ers just because they'll stick with it, and Elijah Mitchell, when healthy, has gotten the ball at 20 times every single, every single game. Yeah, that's a strong point. I mean, usually there's another Niner back kind of looming, a Wilson or whoever, and it, it should probably be the Mitchell show, huh? Are you surprised that Cooper Cup's number is 105 receiving yards versus Jamar Chase was only 85 and a half for the over-under? That's the first I heard that, but I suppose, yeah. I mean, I do think Stafford will be under duress, but I don't love the Niners' corners, and frankly, Cup just gets his no matter what. You know, it doesn't matter who they play. I might go under. 54 yards receiving for George Kittle. George Kittle's going to be utilized as much as a blocker as a receiver in this game. He might pop one or two. He'll be a factor, but he just hasn't been as much of a this-is-our-number-one-guy recently because he's so valued as a blocker. They might need to keep him in to help out with... I'm forgetting who it, Colton McKivitz, who would be the, the left tackle if Trent Williams can't go. So um, mm, I probably fade statistically George Kittle, although his value to the team is just as high. Yeah, right. That's a great point. I mean, especially with Miller and Floyd playing as well as they are, that's a little frightening. And as you mentioned, I mean, the tackle edge combination is scaring you at least as much as Aaron Donald. Last one Odell Beckham, 54 yard. Over and over, under receiving yards, fifty-four yards. This is a this is a big one because I could see it going both ways, and if it goes over, that probably tells you the story of the success of that passing game. Because I know that Cooper Cup is going to get his. It's the big play, the backbreaking play from Odell, which should scare the 49ers. Yeah, I probably would go over. I just like the way he looks lately. I mean, he looks very comfortable, very fluid, very explosive. He looks like young Odell. That's a good point. Okay, so let's let's talk about that last thing here with 49ers Rams. Let's say the 49ers have their number. They ha- they just own them for whatever reason and it's a home game at SoFi in LA. But the way Matthew Stafford's played in the playoffs, no interceptions, throwing the ball all over the yard. Cooper Cup, the best receiver in the league this year. Odell Beckham looking like old Odell Beckham. Von Miller looking like old Von Miller. 
is this just that much better of a team than even the 49ers played a few weeks ago? And is that enough for the Rams to say, oh, I know the past is the past, but guess what? We're playing our best ball, and we've got star players that you just can't stop. So, sorry, but your run ends now. Yeah, I think that's very possible. I mean, that's that's you, you've laid it out better than I have, but I've been thinking about that all week. That I'll take. I think the Rams might have the better roster. They certainly have more star power, not by far, but they're 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 really humming right now. And this might be the best version of the Rams that the, the Niners have seen. So basically, the key is: can the 49ers take advantage of the non-stars, the linebackers, the other defensive backs that aren't named Jalen Ramsey? on the Los Angeles Rams. I think Rams. those linebackers are in trouble. Right, and, uh, and and can they limit the stars? So we'll see. It's going to be a lot of fun. Sure. Both these games, I think, are going to be tight. I think get your popcorn ready for Sunday, and really I can see any combination of 49ers, Rams, Bengals, Chiefs, but I'm going with 49ers, Chiefs rematch from just two years ago in Super Bowl 56. And uh, did I talk you into or out of anything? You're, you're going to go with the Niners there, Matt, or are you going to go with the Rams for the NFC? <sighs> I'm definitely taking the three and a half. That's an easy one for mm-hmm. me. For everything you laid out, that number just seems wrong. I think the Niners squeak one out with like a one point win. Yeah. <laughs> I picked the Niners by two. Yeah, on the podcast yeah, yeah. yesterday. Okay. Yep. So, yeah, 29 27, something like that. And a, a, a funny looking number, too. Okay. Like yeah. Maybe even a scoregami type of game. So, a little programming note, though, as we wrap up today's show, we'll be getting the Monday one at you earlier than usual, correct? Yes, we're going to record Sunday night. Matt's going to stay up late on the East Coast so we can get that one done, and I'll I'll do the Niners Rapid React podcast right after the game. Then I'll jump on with Matt, and we'll record our Monday morning episode late night Sunday. So that will be in your podcast feeds if you're on the West Coast. Maybe even you could listen to it before you go to bed, or first thing, no matter where you are, it will be in your podcast feed Monday morning. Very cool. Thanks, by the way, for making us your first listen every day. For your second listen, check out Matt with Locked On Dynasty Football. Check me out doing Locked On 49ers. We've got tons of stuff. Your team covered right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. No matter what team and what sport you love. And how about the sports betting world? With Q Myers hosting with co-host Lee Sterling, expert analysis talking about all of the ways to bet on the sporting world every single day right here on the network and free just like our podcast Matt and I back fresh with you Monday morning post championship Sunday right here Peacock and Williamson